let's begin this podcast with a little game of how much is too much. Okay. Um, two cigars in one day. What are the choices? <laughs> okay. Uh, Not too much. Uh, as Cammy's opening her second cigar of the day, uh, two bubble teas in one day. Not too much. And do I have a buzzer? I feel like this game's rigged. <laughs> Cammy also had two bubble teas today. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. All right. Well. At least I'm giving you a small cigar for your second. It's a good life. Some people just don't know when to say no. Okay, well, you're cutting the cigar. I'm going to pour this raspberry beer, which I think I opened for this podcast three weeks ago, and then I just found it in the bottom of the fridge. And Cammy doesn't want to drink it because... No, I'll try it. But it's probably lost its fizz. Well, duh, it's lost its fizz, but <laughs> Cammy is a bit of a beer snob now. I'm not drinking three-week-old beer. All right, I'm trying it. It's probably... Oh, it's perfect. Oh. Love that. Yeah, that's fine. Good to go. Cammy was going to throw it away. Okay, well, welcome back to episode 33 of the Fight for Together podcast. Oh, you know what I got for you guys this time? You know how I said I was trying to get better at, um, like, being having an introduction or whatever, which, by the way, we totally forgot to do ever, like, for the last five episodes, but I'm we Ben. Need to come well, up we with... we turned it into a giant joke. That's, that's where yeah. we messed up, because we said, oh, I'm the host and all that, but we didn't really even say. We need to come up with, like, a consistent intro, right? Isn't that how all the professionals do it? Well, we have an intro. It's like that sound thing oh but this no, is I mean something that would like help the new people like know what the hell they're getting into because i'm sure people find us and they're like what are these what people is this? <clears throat> this is a are frambois they... and cigar tasting are, show. are they jewish <laughs> are they through hikers what the heck what do they think about porn and global warming as if our opinion really matters at the end of the day <laughs> Hang on, why do my cigar? Yeah. Don't more professional podcasters come up with a thing they say? I'm not talking about our like intro song. They yeah, well, so so listen to this. I wrote this little thing based on this little exercise by Seth Godin, and the, there was three things you're supposed to name. Who is your podcast for? Um. What do you, what will you do and what do you promise? Okay. So this is what I wrote. Our podcast is for those who are hungry for another way to see family, life, and relationships. I'm just going to read the whole thing and then let's talk about each section just for a second, just because I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me set my timer here for my camera. Okay. We speak to those who want to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Okay. Finally. Oh, oh sorry. That's wait. a run. We speak to those who want to be challenged and are not afraid to change. And this is our promise. I think this is good. Uh, yeah. We promise our voice will challenge your beliefs, create conversations, and show you another way to live. Hmm. Welcome. To fight. For together. For together. Dun, dun, dun. I like that. So <clears throat> let's break this down. Because it's actually tricky. Like, if you are making smoothies, your answer would be totally different. Who is this for? This is for people that desire healthy living or something. Mm-hmm. And then you would say, what will you do? We will make you fresh fruit smoothies for a cheap price. And then you would say, our promise is that you will always be satisfied or your money back guaranteed or something like that. Yeah. Okay, this is a little different. So for those, I was thinking, who is this for? Who are the people that really benefit? And I wrote, those who are hungry for another way to see family life and relationships. You have to, to a certain degree, not be content when you watch Fight for Together, I think. Or really any other family that's unorthodox, unless you're just here to be 100% entertained. But Which I don't think we're that I don't think we're that entertaining either. <laughs> We're not really as funny as some folks out there. We're not as shocking. We're not as good with the camera and stuff. So I think if you're here for that reason, you're going to be disappointed. But there are people that are like, man, my life's like good, but something's not cutting it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or there are people who are always looking to change and grow. Totally. And I'm like that about... My life always, by the way. I'm like, hey, my life is great. I love it. But I want it to be better. That's how yeah. this, that's just how I feel. Yeah. Okay. So now it's like, who is this for? So we speak to those who want to be challenged and are not afraid to change. <clears throat> if you come here to our channel, our podcast, our vlogs, and you're like, My no, life's I'm, I'm amazing. Go- I'm good. I, yeah. Like, I don't like hard things. I don't like thinking about hard things. I like people to tell me that I'm doing a good job. Status quo. I would say you're going to have a hard time We're not the podcast for you then. But if you want to be challenged, if you don't, you want to be challenged in a new way to think. And if you're not afraid to change. Now, by the way, I don't care if you do what we do. That's not the point. Yeah. But when you're challenged by someone that's doing something differently, so... I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's get to the last point. We promise that our voice through the podcast or vlogs or whatever will challenge your beliefs, mm-hmm. create conversations, and show you another way to live. That's a that's a pretty bold promise. But I think the reason how I came up with this is what I've heard from people already about our stuff. Yeah. Is that people walk away with their beliefs being challenged. And once again, I'm not saying our beliefs are right and yours are wrong. It's not the point. Or I love that it, I, I hope it creates conversations. People are like, man, what did you think about that? And it's not necessarily that your beliefs change, but I think for me, it's important for my beliefs to be, for me to actually ask, why do I believe this? Instead of just blindly believing something. <clears throat> yeah, so your beliefs will be challenged. So even if you believe, even if you walk away believing what you already believe more so. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But the point is, you're not just going to be walked away and, like, and numb from entertainment from our channel. And the last thing is, and show you another way to live. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. We've been told by a lot of people that we're unique. We get that. And if you watch our channel, you'll probably see a way that we do things differently than you. And that comes with a whole nother set of things, you know, like, um, I don't know. I, I think it takes courage for people to watch a family seriously and honestly that's different from them. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to ignore that or to mock that or make fun of that. And I, I don't think we can really be mocked or made fun of by people that take us seriously because we're just not, we're not willy-nilly about stuff. I'm looking at this picture, Ben's backdrop, and it's me overlooking the ass. main mountains. I'm skinny as I'll get out, first of all. But no, what struck me was, oh man, I want to do that again. Like, not seriously, the AT, but... Bubble tea or cigars? No. Oh. Like, go on a through hike. Yeah. It looks, ama it looks amazing. We make it look amazing. Don't we all? Okay, so what do you guys think about that? I want to hear your response, like maybe on YouTube or something. Yeah. Is that a good fit? But that's not our topic for the day. That was just our intro. <laughs> huh? Okay. Our topic for the day. So would we read this every single time? I don't know. I just made it for our website. And I just made it because I thought it was a fun exercise because Seth Godin just proposed that those questions for you to answer those. Like that's the marketing one, two, three, I guess mm -hmm. is. Who are you for? What do you do? And what's your promise? Yeah. So I had fun answering that. Yeah. I think you did a good job. Thank you. Um, do you mind if I give myself a little? Go right ahead. Okay, I was going to do it anyways. So our topic for today. So this, um... Okay, so we made a vlog a while back about these Reddit comments that we got while we were on the AT. So forgive me if you've heard this one. But when we were on the AT, there is this whole uh, there's this um, Reddit, subreddit, I don't know what they're called, but it was called Crawford Trailwreck. And it was like probably the, our, our most hateful comments we've ever gotten in our life have been on this thread. <clears throat> Yeah, And one of the things people jumped all over is this statement I made in Eden's birthday video. And I want to read one of these quotes. It says, you're an asshole, Ben Crawford. I hope your children get away from you, especially Eden. The child you made a point to say is, quote, hard for you to love, unquote, on her birthday video. You are one fucked up, narcissistic, abusive grifter. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So a lot of people pointed out this comment where I said Eden was hard for me to love. And that's taking out so much context, by the way. <laughs> like, if you just look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's not very nice. But in the context, it in makes the context a lot. what? In the context of the video, you're there's just more context where you're talking about how you're different from her. You guys have different personalities. I don't think to most people, the context matters. I think if you say that line, if anyone were to say that line about any of their kids, maybe yeah. not generally speaking, but by name, 
little Bobby is hard for me to love. I think people will feel like bad parents no matter what the context is. Because if you say that about your mother-in-law, everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, (laughs) mother-in-laws. Mother-in-laws are pain in the ass. Yeah, that's just... No offense. Your <laughs> no offense. Okay. But your child to say that about your child is like a big no no in our culture. And that's what I want to talk about because what sentiment could be more true than that? Mm-hmm. That certain children or all children are hard to love. And if you guys have been around our life or our podcasts, you know, especially from our podcast about children being a gift versus a project, that we believe children are intrinsically good. To even call them a gift assumes that they're a good thing. So if I received a gift, but it's hard for me to accept, reading between the lines, the problem is not the gift. The problem would be with my attitude towards it, right? Yeah. And just that people in general are hard to love. It's hard for people to love other people. Yes. Whether they're your children or not. But I think that the hardest ever to love on the planet oftentimes are our own children, but not because of their worthiness or anything. Yeah. But so this comment, I've been thinking about this for just like months and months and months and months and months about these people on Reddit freaking out about this, not because I really even care what they say about me or how it looks on me. I just feel like as a culture, we're so sensitive about the completely wrong thing. Yeah. So everyone, like reading between the lines, everyone's main thing here is like either A, no child is hard to love or should be hard to love rather, or B, if they are, shut the fuck up. Fake it till you make it. You better not talk about it. Yeah, you could like hate your kid, but as long as you it's say, okay, but as lo- but as long as you don't say it and don't admit it to yourself, which therefore you don't ever deal with it. You don't ever get change your attitude, right? Because you're just like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I like you, or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's really, really a destructive stance to take as a society or as individuals. Ironically, I think that attitude is more narcissistic than the attitude of just saying, my child, this child's hard for me to love. Wow. <laughs> I think. Plot twist. Well, because you're you're so <clears throat> like arrogant and full of yourself that you can't admit it to yourself and other people that you struggle loving your kid now one thing i do say is not my strong suit is i'm not saying that that should be necessarily delivered in a birthday video because this was eden's birthday video that i said this particular comment but in some ways maybe it's the most appropriate because for me love isn't saying that i like everyone all the time yeah even with you. Yeah. It's just saying I'm making the choice to, I think, a couple things. One is put your interest before mine. The other is to see myself into in you. And that's more of my new definition of love lately is seeing yourself in the other. Mm-hmm. Which is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I, I said this in the birthday video because it is actually what makes Eden one of the most special to me, one of the most valuable children to me, is that it's hard for me and it's changed me. And I, I would actually completely say she's not the hardest for me to love right now. And I'll tell you at the end who is if you stick around. If you want names and ages and colors of hair. But but when I say that, it's, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so maybe it should have been done in the birthday video. I don't know. But then again, sappy birthday videos that just pump up kids' egos on things that are fragile, I'm not into that either. But what I want to do is I want there's this Instagram account. That's that I follow. That's called Mommy Cusses, <laughs> and this lady, she like says these same things, but she says it in funny ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna read some of these examples. Yeah. The strongest form of birth control is hanging out with any child between the hours of dinner and bedtime. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Where's our no. Oh. oh. No. Where's the laughing? Do oh, laughing? comedy. No, it's a drum. Yeah, D. Okay, can you push that after everyone? Yes. So that's mean, right? I mean, that's saying you suck. I don't like you. You're miserable to be around between dinner and bedtime and make me not want to have any more of you. <laughs> that's what that's saying. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. But it's true. That's why. People have this. They're like, I can't have handle any more kids right now. You were just too serious. You had to be more funny. Well, and they're your... not mentioning a specific name. They're I'm not laying kidding. Steve. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. Okay, next one. How about a play yard for adults for when they don't want their kids to touch them? <laughs> I don't think that one's like super funny. No, but I. It is kind of funny. I mean, there's times where you don't want your kids to touch you. You're like, I've had enough of you. Oh, man. Get away from me, especially you, because you seem to attract them. I attract them. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And you feel like such a jerk for saying, I can't have you touch me right now. I don't. But I don't feel like a jerk telling you that. <laughs> okay, but to just say, I don't want to be touched, or it's hard for me to be touched by you. Yeah. That could be a harsh reality. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. My kid sure is great at picking up Easter eggs for someone who suffers arm paralysis whenever I ask him to clean up his toys. <laughs> so this one's basically saying, you suck at doing the things I want you to do, and you only do what you want when it's convenient for you. Like you're a selfish bastard yeah <laughs> which i'm sure that's that's what who what parent can, doesn't legitimately feel that all the time yeah that like just happened today with rainier totally hey 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 let's not mention names oh, okay. i mean just kidding okay but i love him <laughs> okay um next one i'll stop swearing in front of my kids as soon as they stop fighting and acting like assholes so never the answer is never <laughs> I'll stop swearing in front of my kids as soon as they stop fighting and acting like assholes. So, once again, true? Yeah. Yes. Kids act like assholes. 
and funny. Yeah. Well, and that one's a little more cutting edge because a lot of people think you shouldn't swear in front of your kids. I think that's a joke. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Well. I mean, all these are jokes, but they all have truth in I them. I know, yeah. But but there's this thing where you're supposed to keep your cool, and if you don't keep your cool when your kids are wigging out, then I guess not a good the parent. emphasis I'm trying to point to and what this quote is saying is like, Kids fight all the time, and when they are, they're basically acting like assholes. And yeah. it's hard to love people that are fighting all the time and acting like assholes. Who wouldn't say that? Right. Okay, final one. Today I said to my daughter, I can't wait for your bedtime. It was 7.50 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cold. <laughs> that's mean, right? Yeah. I mean. That you- one's probably the meanest one. You're like, I don't want to be around you is basically what it's saying. That's yeah. the joke. But then, of course, there's a truth to that, which is it's hard going from morning and having your time taken away from you and occupied with looking out for the needs of small people. Right. But it's not the kid's fault. No. Okay. So those are funny versions of this message, which are all kids are hard. Now, I want to go to another kind of a a primary lesson and where we learned it in our life. And this is in the 12-step program called Al-Anon, which is for alcoholics, or S-Anon, which would be for sexaholics, but not for the sexaholic or the alcoholic directly, but for the spouse. So the way it works is you have like AA or Alcoholics Anonymous, and then you have this other group called Al-Anon, and this is confusing for some people. affected. Usually the spouse or partner, I guess, but usually it's spouse. Usually, yeah. It can can be like your family member, like it was your dad or whatever. So what, um, I've only been to one of these meetings, but I've heard of a lot of them. So you'll have to speak more from personal experience. Okay. And the one we went to, we went to together. But what is so fascinating to me about these meetings? So you have these meetings. Let's let's talk about the sexaholic spouses, okay? They go to an S-Anon meeting. You would think these people who are in this room together, whose spouses are all, um, by their definition, practicing this destructive behavior, you'd think the most natural thing to talk about when you get in this room is to all sit around and bitch about what a pain in the ass your spouse is and how destructive they are. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the one thing you have in common. Wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not what they talk about. Yeah. You don't talk about people outside of the room. You talk about yourself. And what is so fascinating about this is when you talk about yourself, you find that you have a lot more in common with the people around you who are all married to or participating with, we'll just call them addicts or perpetrators or whatever. I'm using those terms lightly, but um, those are the labels that we might say. And that instead of bitching about other people, which is a lot more easy and fun to do, that's actually a way of giving the power over of your emotional well-being 
to whoever it is you're talking about. Because you're saying basically, I can't have a good life until so-and-so changes their behavior. Mm-hmm. Well, that I mean, that sounds like really obvious and nice, but it's actually really disempowering and pretty depressing. Yeah, definitely. So instead, what they do is they focus on their own attitude. And maybe you guys have heard of the serenity prayer, which goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And what is considered almost anything that you cannot change is really anyone else, including your spouse or your children in our case. I think it helps take away the illusion because I think it's really easy, especially just in your own mind, to have this illusion that you can change other people. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we say that, but Mm. if you look at the way we spend our time, and this used to drive me fucking bananas, is when we went to like Bible study things or like um, community group things, and they would have like prayer requests, (laughs) everyone would always ask for prayer for like their neighbor or their aunt. And in one sense, you might hear that. You might be like, oh, wow, those people are so... um, Kind. Giving. Yeah. Just to think of others. So thoughtful. But when you see it enough, you know that that pattern isn't actually just generosity. It's actually almost like dodging having to deal with yourself. Yeah. At at some point. Deflection. Yeah. And it's so much easier to say, oh, let's pray for my neighbor that no one knows or cares about. Um, Instead of for the fact that I, you know, can't get my damn book written or I spent four hours on video games yesterday and don't know how to stop. Or yeah. I'm in debt because I can't stop buying shit. For some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, it's like we're wired to take the easier route. And the easier route is always thinking of the other person instead of thinking of yourself. Thinking of yourself in that way is like painful. It's hard. And it does, it's like counterintuitive for some reason. But being in these groups for long enough for me, um, it kind of, it just, it just really hammered this in my head. Like anytime, I mean, I'll just catch myself just thinking of, I don't know, our neighbor, you know, I'm just thinking about like her and how I don't, I don't like this. and I don't like that about her. And then I'm just like, I'm spending all this energy on it. It's not going to do anything, but instead I should be spending energy on myself, but that's actually really hard to do. And it's, it's, it's not even something that I usually think of a lot of times. And if you don't spend energy on yourself, like what you say, if you're thinking about your neighbor, what tends to happen in my experience is I go from hating one person or getting obsessed with thinking of how someone is screwing me over or sucks to another person to another person, to another person. Mm -hmm. It could be a boss this week. It could be my mother-in-law next week. It could be my wife, you know, for this hour on this day. Everyone's doing it wrong. And that is how you go through your entire life. It's moving from one person to the other and how everyone else sucks, basically. And the thing that is the worst about that, in my opinion, is that like you said, there's no personal growth. It just, 
you're always going to find like the new TV channel, basically. It's like a hamster wheel where it just never, as long as you're not thinking about yourself, it's never going to stop spinning. The hamster is continually going to be. Whereas if it, if I like 10 years ago, you know, let's say my boss is frustrating me and I start talking to me, I'm like, man, I don't really like my boss and I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I want to look at myself and see why I don't like this person so much and consider changing my attitude so that I can at least be around him and not hate him. And he, assuming he's not changing at all. Right. What, how might I look at the world differently? And if I, if I can make any switches in, inside my brain or my mind, that's going to carry over to how I see my mother-in-law and how I see my wife and how I see my kids. Because if I'm able to be at peace with my boss, I'm more likely to be at peace with my wife. And I'm more likely to be at peace with my 17-year-old and my three-year-old. But only when I start addressing myself as the possible problem or solution. And I don't even like calling it a problem because I don't think it's a moral issue in that way. Yeah. Um, Well, and I think it's, I don't know. I think it's okay to not like someone. But where I find myself getting trapped is I start thinking why I don't like them. And then I just start like going down the list of it's this and that and, uh, and this drives me crazy and blah 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 which could be true by the way can we just say that yeah like if you're like i don't like my boss because they're a dick it's, you might actually be right and and you can actually admit it and you can say all those things and then but i think at some point i have to let it go because if i don't let it go it's gonna own me because it's not something you can control or yeah. you have any power over anyways that's the power of the serenity prayer is just acknowledging I actually can't change this person anyways. Yeah. So to bitch about them actually puts you in this kind of like loop where you're obsessing over something you have no control over. Yeah. It's like saying, I it sucks that the world, that the day is only 24 hours. Yeah. Every day you wake up and you say that. Okay, you can say that. And But you're never going to change it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have a few people in my life that I am doing this with. And it's totally robbing me of my serenity and i don't really know i mean i i kind of know what to do but i also just like kind of feel stuck too where it's just like uh me. no oh, good. but um yeah i think for me it's like been helpful to just uh i don't know i have a hard time admitting like i don't like someone i know for some people that's like easy but for me it's not so then, but once I admit it, then it's like, okay, now what are you going to do with it? And that's where I'm kind of at right now where it's like, well, what do I, I do with this? Like I, I find my thoughts like constantly going to that person in a negative way. And I don't know. I so guess can I, so now, can, I pose, you, can I pose like, a solution? Yeah. What I've noticed is that if I'm like, let's take you and me. I get in these modes where I'm like, Cammy sucks today. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is marriage people all like a lot. And it used to be actually a lot worse, but <clears throat> everything you're doing is just kind of pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I'm right. The thing that you're doing is actually kind of inefficient or costly for us or, lame or maybe you're being lazy i don't know but there's a truth there but when i'm obsessed with your um behaviors in a negative way 
I've learned that it comes at the cost of me being able to see the positive things that are a part of you, which I think are actually much more important and more beneficial for me to focus on. So it's not turning a blind eye to the negativity, but if I obsess over the negativity, mm-hmm. I mean, I learned this once when I think it was seven, he brought me this um, story that he had written or something as a sentence or a card or I forget what it was. He brought me this thing and I looked at it and you know what I saw? The first thing I saw was that there was a word misspelled. Mm-hmm. Now the word was misspelled. But it was also this piece of art that was like super kind and generous. But the one thing I saw was the misspelled word. And I focused on that like my brain did. Yeah. And I think it's easy to do that with you or just people with each other. Yeah. And when I do that, when I focus on how you stacked my clothes in a way that I don't like or whatever it is. Yeah. Like it makes me unable to see that you are a child of God that you're beautiful, that you've been committed to me for 19 years, that I love how you mother our kids, that we have amazing or wonderful sex that I like, that I enjoy hiking with you and podcasting with you, and a million other things that are just as true. Okay, so I'm easy. But what about the people in our life, we all have them, where it's like, okay, Think of five positive things yeah, about okay. this person. You got to use your like, imagination more. It's like this. It's like, where the fuck is the cricket? I think it's here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, this is, I'll tell you. that's when I'm like, I believe that they were made by God and that God thinks they're special. <laughs> it, it's true, though. It really is yeah. true. And I mean. I mean, that's like it. I this mean, is the, this is the people enough, that though. we hate. This is really like homeless people. You know, to use a generalization of people that are outcast by society, this is the hookers and the strippers and the, you know, whatever it is that who's on the other side of your wall, the Mexicans or the gays or the Nazis even, or the, you know, the white supremacists or the liberals or the Republicans or the Democrats, whatever category it is that's hard for you to love, these things are true about them. And... I don't know. I'll I'll tell you what my sponsor said. He told me this story about this guy. Well, I'll just tell a story because it's fucked up and it's graphic. But okay, so this guy named Walter was in prison. And I don't know if you remember this, but we had just gotten our paperwork to go visit Walter in prison in Washington before he moved. Mm -hmm. And Walter was in prison because he had raped women and made them eat their own shit. And uh, that sounded... That sounds like terrible, of course, right? I mean, it's like the worst thing, and you can't really think of anything uh, like Walter sounds like. I, people would describe it as like a piece of shit that should burn hell and die, you know, when you when you hear that. But when you talk to Walter, Walter had kind of become a changed man, and when, when he shared his story, he talked about how at the age of four, he used to hate ham sandwiches. And he would hide them under the couch because he didn't like eating them. And one day his mom found one that was like four months old. So it was just like this moldy ball of crap. And she made him eat it. And when I heard that, all I know is my perspective on Walter changed. Not It doesn't make what he did right. It doesn't diminish anything that he did. But all of a sudden I went from being your worthless piece of shit to like, oh, 
if my parents did that to me, I very may well might be doing the same thing. And that was what my sponsor, William, used to always say to me. He said, if you had the same parents that person had and you were raised the same way, you'd be doing the same things they're doing. That just, that changed my perspective on things. Yeah. And it's helpful to hear, but. But I want to get back to kids. Yeah, back to kids. Are you, do you have anything else you want to say about that? No. Okay. With kids, because we went off on this crazy wild tangent about the Walters of the world and the neighbors and this, but kids are hard to love at times. Yeah. And there's a, it's so much, it's so easy to say things and think things like, you little shit, you know, you might not use that language, but you're like, you suck. You're being disobedient. You're making my life hell. You, 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 you. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to apply some of these same disciplines or techniques and to look at ourselves and say, why am I disturbed right now? The two-year-old just dumped all the markers on the ground or the crayons or the cookie dough. And I don't like life right now. There's a piece of me that wants to blame the two-year-old for the reason why I don't like life. But there's also part, I, I see other parents that are like, they're okay with cookie dough on the ground. And they don't freak out, right? Today, Rainier spilled a glass of water on the ground in our bedroom when he was supposed to be taking a nap. So I come up there and he goes, sorry, do you still love me? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Yes, I still love you. It's okay. I just don't like you right now. As I was beating him. I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. But, yeah, but it was, yeah, it was sad. I was like, yeah, I still love you. Just don't ever do that again. (laughs) But what I would rather have, and I think, you know, as parents, we need to gauge what our kids can handle and the culture that we have. Because if you just start dropping these lines, it might not work in your family. But we have a pretty transparent culture in our family where I think our kids know that we love them. I think they know that we love each other. But I think they also know that we don't always like each other. Um, and that just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you they're any less valuable or that you're bailing on them or anything like that. But I would rather have a culture where we acknowledge that difficulty together and work on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess also, you don't need to tell the kid this. You know, that's not the point here. But also, I don't know if we want to send the wrong message to the kid either, which is the opposite of that, to say like, oh no, daddy always likes you. <laughs> As if that's what your self-worth is built upon. And this reminds me of those like, have you seen those memes with like, you know, Christian evangelicals, like the guys, they always post about their hot wife. They're always saying like, I don't know. I stay away from those. Yeah. Well, there's a whole bunch of them out there where it's basically these pastor type ministry people. And every time they post a picture of their wife, like on Instagram or date night, they're always like my hot wife. And it's kind of this like signaling thing. Like I only have eyes for her. She's so special. She turns me on sexually, and I'm attracted to her. Which, <laughs> if you have to say it that much, yeah, can we just say like you're insecure about something, or she's insecure? There's, there's like, yeah, there's only there's a reason why you say that that much. Mm-hmm. That's like basic psychology. 
Yeah. That's like in poker. They said if you're if they're playing strong, they're bluffing. If they're if they're acting weak, they're they have a strong hand. Mm-hmm. It's basic. Um. So instead of saying that all the time, wouldn't it be better just to say, "Man, there are times when I because of the way I see the world, I can't handle my wife, but I'm getting better at it." And next year, I want to be able to accept more of who she is and who God made her to be. I mean, that's my theology, but who, um, you know, the humanity and the dignity and the deity inside of her more than I do now. But right now, it's hard for me at times. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, That's all... That was it. That was all I had to say, I guess. I mean, and really to, to extend that towards our kids, because the other way is to say like, you know, oh, those are, that's my hot wife. Oh, those are my hot kids or whatever the equivalent would be. <laughs> you guys are so awesome and rad all the time. My kids are so well behaved. I always desire being around you, which is a lie. the most awesome kids. Yeah. They're so talented. And really it's teaching them that they're lovable because they're acting awesome. Yeah. Instead of, they are intrinsically a gift, and for people that can't see it, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything All else? Right. Nope. Okay. We have. Is it this one? Nope. This one. Yep. We are gonna go to the phone lines. Hi, Ben and Cami. I just needed to tell you how much I loved your treating children as a gift episode, in particular the part about not treating yourself and other people as a project. This is something I've just always done from a young age and I've just pushed myself and I don't even think it's come from my parents. I've talked about it with my therapist and I think it's just um, part of my personality. Often I get burnout and episodes of anxiety and I get stuck between relaxing and being productive. Like I can either be having loads of fun or working and I can't navigate the middle ground. These are the times when I long for hiking and camping. And in that environment, I find it easiest to give myself what I call permission to exist. When nothing is expected of me, time is irrelevant. And the only relevant thing is that I'm alive right now. And that is enough. I'm working on weaving these moments into my day-to-day life. I also find that I could be hard on others because I'm hard on myself. And it's not fair to impose these standards on other people. So I'm working on that. Which links into that Black Sheep episode and your last episode about labels. And this documentary I recently watched on Netflix called Behind the Curve which is about flat earthers. And I think you'd really like it, not because it's necessarily about this group of people with such an out there belief, but how it touches on as a community, when we look down on people such as them, we fail them and we lose their potential. We're all human. We are all navigating this world in this context together for the first time. Thank you for these wonderful episodes. I'm really loving them all. Um, Keep up the great work. Wow. That's Jamie, right? Jamie, our bisexual yeah. Australian gamer. Oh, wow. Those are some really powerful words. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think of that? Yeah, well, it's the... Yeah, 
just making fun of people for whatever reason uh, or mocking them or putting people down. I mean, I know everyone does it, but what that does, I think she said it, where it just, it actually, I don't know, she said these words and I don't remember them, but just what it does to them and then what it even does to us as humans is it doesn't allow us to exist and and that and I loved how she said like we're all doing this for the first time like we all exist in this world I think she she titled this message permission to exist and what was fascinating to me was when she talks about herself that she's just giving herself permission to just exist and she finds more peace in the woods and I can relate to that because I think oftentimes I feel like my permission to exist is contingent upon me succeeding at, let's just say for me right now, I'm writing a book at finishing my book on time, which a is not going to happen. And B is just that project mindset. I'm viewing myself as a project that is incomplete and I can receive love and satisfaction when I am complete, which will never happen. But always appears to be just out of reach your existence is tied to something that you need to do yeah our sense of value Mm -hmm. wow yeah thanks for that message hi uh this is day and i'm from maryland and uh i noticed when you were Talking about your heroes, one of the people you listed was Martin Luther King. Um, and I also found your sort of unorthodox approach to tithing really interesting. And I was just wondering, um, I guess, what you feel your obligations are towards wider society in terms of maybe charitable giving or activism. Um, I know that raising kids is a huge contribution of its own kind. Um, But I think modeling that for them one way or another seems also really important. Um, Yeah, so I was just wondering where that falls into things. And I also recognize that raising kids is like a sort of limited season, um, and it may not reflect um, the way you would be engaged in those other things in the rest of your life. So super interested to hear. Thanks. Thanks, Shay. She's, did she talk about our unique perspective on tithing? Yeah. Our, I don't know what she's exactly referring to, except for my current perspective on tithing is that you should send your money to us for our chair fund, which has been stalled out at $99 since last week. Mm. So we're sitting on these rock-ass hard <laughs> chairs still. That's just a plug for that. But... um. Yeah, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that. Yeah. Um, no, we don't feel an obligation to broader society, and we're not teaching our chil- children that they have an obligation to broader society. Next question. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm leaving you hanging. But that's actually true. I, I don't feel that. Um, I, yeah. I don't think. But And a lot of people, when they hear that, they might get frustrated or pissed off, and they'll be like, oh, you don't care about anyone. But it's actually... There's so much in these semantics, and I don't know whether this is just me being weird or whether I'm actually really onto something. It could be both. But, you know, 
I don't feel like we owe anyone anything. And I don't feel like my best work will be done in paying someone back. I just don't believe that system of cosmic debt. Um, <clears throat> it's funny because I almost, that ties into even Jamie's permission to exist as if you need to be active in this area in order to say, I have a place in the world. Yeah. We're not trying to save the fucking planet. We're not trying to turn people into Christians. We're not trying to fix our kids or fix you or convert you to um, recycling or any belief system. I, I actually think the best gift we can give to anyone is just to see them, to see humans, to see them as a gift. Um, and that goes back to our definition of love that I was talking about earlier, like to, to be able to see ourself in them. And I think when we do that, all sorts of amazing things happen. I was um, really inspired by this Tim Keller quote, who was a pastor in New York City. And it said there's he was talking about Christians, I think. Um, but there's two kinds of people in the world. There's lovers and there's workers. And he said, lovers will always get more work done. And I don't know, this, this is a really big deal to me because I feel like people walk around like, it's almost, once again, like what Jamie said, almost like we're viewing ourselves as projects. Like we're here to fix people. And, and while that sounds really nice, I think it's actually, when I hung out with those types of circles, I feel like it's really condescending to be around people that think that they have something that I need and that they're better than me. Like they're here to give me their answer to God or recycling or global warming or whatever it is. And it's not to say that there there's not ways we can help each other or love each other. Um, but it's not, there's no obligation to do so. It, um, it kind of comes out of gratitude and thankfulness and abundance versus you know a sense of need and, and this was something you know i noticed when we were on the appalachian trail we went back and um did trail magic and provided food for the trail for three days and people said oh it's so cool that you're giving back and i was like yeah maybe i mean we are give like we did get and we're giving back in that way but it was almost under this like a uh, transactional thing. Like, okay, you got something now give it back, which implies once we've paid it back, what, what do you do then? Like mm -hmm. you're kind of done. And we weren't doing it because we felt like we owed the trail or people anything. We were doing it because I, I believed it was the best thing I could do for myself and the kids. And we had got incredible pleasure out of doing it. Now the irony of course is I think a lot of people benefited from it. So I do not know if that helps you Yeah. in answering your question. I, I think the more work, I even hesitate to do, say the word work, but the more you can focus on yourself and what are, how can I actually see myself and other people um, and therefore love them better, the more I'm able to do that, the more I actually think I am, quote, giving back. But I'm not giving back to give back. I'm give. it's just like, it's, it's actually coming, it's organically coming out of me because I'm changing and I'm able to see people in a more holistic way. 
And if you take my heroes, let's just take MLK, Gandhi, and Jesus as three examples. I think they were, the thing that's the most inspiring to me about them is not what they did, but it's how they saw people. And how they saw people motivated what they did. Yeah. But it's actually the seeing mm -hmm. that is what I think true religion is based off of not doing. Well, and I think when you do things, but you still see people as piles of shit, it actually doesn't really do much. But mm. when you see people as amazing gifts, well, then, then whatever you do at that point for them is actually going to be transformative, I believe. At least for you. At least too. for me, yeah. Wow. Okay, last question. Hi, Cammie and Ben. I just first want to thank you for your podcast. It is very inspirational and has um, led to a lot of good discussions in our family. Um, my question for you guys is, is there any habits that you and Cammie do that you feel like you encourage your kids not to do now or when they're older? I think it's a lot of times hard as parents to, to, dem to demonstrate to our kids what we want to, for them, if that makes sense. Um, so that's my question. Um, thank you again for your blogs and podcasts. Bye. You are welcome. What was the last question she said? She said it's sometimes it's hard to like. I don't think she's the word model, but just show <clears throat> your kids what you want for them. I don't know. I can't think of anything that we don't want our kids to that we're doing now. Is that what she's yeah. asking? I mean, I yeah. I personally think it's I would prefer if they didn't smoke two cigars in one day <laughs> or drink two bubble teas because I think that's excessive and sinful, yeah. honestly. I think if you were were to ask this question to us five years ago I would have had a list. We would have had a long list of things but i my perspective has changed quite a bit in that i don't really see i just yeah i just don't th see things as as burdens like my i don't know how to explain it but i th i just think our kids are going to be okay i mean if they smoke, they'll be okay. You know, if they drink, they'll be okay. If they have sex, they'll be okay. You know, they um, get pregnant, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. And I'm not. I'm sure. You know, as our kids get older, not that certain things aren't going to be hard for me, but as I look at their lives, their future lives, I'm not like, oh yeah, make sure you don't do this and. Don't do that either. I just, I have a much more perspective of like, just experience life. And yeah, I don't really see like all these restrictions anymore. Now, if they come to me and ask me like, if I have an opinion on some action, I'll for sure tell them my experience and story about what, you know, what I've learned. Mm -hmm. But I also believe in a way there's no shortcuts. And sometimes you have to learn by doing. So to expect our kids to always take shortcuts or trust us, like, I don't think that's a realistic human experience. Mm -hmm. 
That's all we got for you folks. Under an hour today. Nice. Whiz. Bang. <laughs> because we are focusing on those who are hungry for another way to see family life and relationships. We speak to those who want to be challenged or not afraid of change. We promise our voice will challenge your beliefs, create conversations, and show you another way to live. Did we do it today? Um, we'll have to tell us. We can't. We can't answer. That. <laughs> you have to tell us. Vote with your dollars, people. Um, speaking of, I was prompted last week to remind you guys that we do have a Patreon, and we're very thankful to those that support us on Patreon. We have Venmo and PayPal for one-time donations if you're interested. Currently, our podcast is not monetized in any other way. We don't make any money for this. Um, we're just doing it because we feel like we owe the world one. <laughs> we're doing it because we feel obligated. I mean, really, if you want to talk about it, though, that is like, you know, we're doing that. Whatever that is. I actually thought of that, but I didn't say it. I, we're not doing it for that reason. No. But, you know, we make podcasts and vlogs to the tune of 20 hours a week for three years, four years almost, because we believe it's the best thing we can ever do to spread truth and help people and love folks. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep on doing that, whether we get money or not, as long as we can. Yeah. Um, okay, if you would like to leave a message, we would greatly um appreciate the opportunity to hear your voice and respond to your question or comment and the way you can do it is this phone number i'm going to give you but first grab a pen or paper or something 206-651-5744 and that's in the show notes um this podcast is available on itunes and Spotify and there's all these apps like any podcast app you should be able to find us on just type in fight for together and um, there's a Facebook group discussion if you want to go dive deeper and discuss this with other people who are do I need to read the thing again I'm not no. gonna do it <laughs> we're but trying to get this under an hour you know who you are <laughs> out there all right it's uh, 11.34. Time to go to bed. See you guys next time. Ah. Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time. That's really fun. <laughs>